everyone, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. You are looking live at the Me Show Mission Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming once again live on Facebook in our Facebook group, The Me Show Mission, as well as streaming live on our brand new YouTube channel. Uh oh, YouTube. The Me Show Mission. That's right. We're on, uh, and, and we're new to YouTube. We're new to our Facebook Live with our, our, our coronavirus weekly. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. It's. it's Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where I was going. I, I, I was, hey, was going to go with you now. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. That's why you're the best partner in the business. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are here in the very merry month of May, which means that is Mother May I have another one of those historically bad black movies. And this week is Vince's selection. And boy, does he have a doozy. I was going to say, we'll see if you think I'm the best partner. Let's check back in an hour. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. As ladies and gentlemen, Vince dipped into the crates and went across the pond. Yes. To uh, to Italy back in 1983 when the hammer, Fred Williamson. <laughs> yeah. In in what was obviously in drug-infused days was uh hired to star in Warriors of the Wasteland, a.k.a. The New Barbarians, which the new we will barbarians. be reviewing tonight on the Michaud Mission. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. I, I, I have some choice words to share with you, Vince, later will on they be, in the show. Will they be in Italian? <laughs> if... If they were in, t- in Italian, I would not have to edit them. <laughs> However, <laughs> they are not in Italian. So you will be getting the FCC uh, safe version of these words when I share them with you in a moment. But before we get there, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we kick off things here on the Michelle Mission with all of your, your uh, feedback that you... Hit us up on social media and via email. Uh, Apparently, Vince, having a show on the YouTubes brings with it its own very special brand of uh, commentary from the people that are watching it. Oh, okay. Because apparently, apparently, of all the people who hit us up on YouTube, each and every one of them, if they are to be believed, want to be our friend. We must have gotten about 20 individual comments on YouTube and all of them saying, hey, awesome video. Want to be my friend? Great video. <laughs> want to be my friend? That's a funny show. Want to be my friend? Is I think is, is that the, the trolls have found us. Oh, okay. All right. Or, oh, you thought that was legit? I, I, look, man. Look, look, look. I thought maybe it was people being friendly. If they're they're no, not being friendly. It's not. They're not being friendly. <laughs> not so I should have sent that guy my social security number. <laughs> that was a bad move. <laughs> yeah, Vince. Yeah, Vince. Uh that was a bad so, move. So that Patrick Donovan hit us. That my mother's maiden name. Those weren't good things to to email to to people. Mm-mm. Okay, let me let me Mm-mm. jot that Mm-mm. down. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you may want to stop going through our junk mail folder. Right, right, right. <laughs> the name of my first just, pet. I shouldn't have shared that. I thought we were just being friendly with with each other. No Vince, okay. no Vince. Just stick to the emails that I forward to. Got you, okay? got you. All right, Patrick Donovan is is watching us on YouTube and said he has been waiting for May all year. <laughs> well, 
Thank you, I think, Patrick. <laughs> People love... I know. When we review bad I movies. I know. Well, we got one for you tonight, Patrick. <laughs> Lord Jesus, do we? <laughs> But what what is it? Why do you think people enjoy the, the bad movies, Vince? What is it? What is you it? Know, that, uh, you know, you we'll, know, we'll save a lot of this for the review. But there is there there is a certain amount of charm to a bad, like to a truly bad movie, like a truly mm. bad movie. I think there is something charming about them, and and, and certainly I think if you are in a certain age group, which you and I are in that age group, that that's There's, true. I don't know. I'm always nostalgic when I watch one of these truly bad movies from that moment in the 80s where they were trying to mm-hmm. like like between the new cable stations and the video stores that were just hungry right. for product. Right. And then it was like the advent of of the camera technology that was a little cheaper. You know, you could tape That's you true. could tape on VHS and it was just this glorious schlocky moment. And I, That's, you know, I think, I yeah. think there's a certain charm to a lot of these movies that, that people, there that are. people are pulled in by. Let's see how much charm our, our listeners found in our review last week of the Johnson family vacation. Okay. Uh, let's see. Gregory green hit us up and said that Cedric is not a funny dude to me, but this is probably the best film that he has done because of Vanessa Williams. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know if Vanessa Williams bringing a whole lot to the yard in this film. I like Vanessa, but she definitely looks like she's in um, uh, coast mode on this. Well, well here's a question. Uh, what other films has he been in that kind of jump out at you, if any? Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric the Entertainer. Films. He was in. Um, he's in, he's in top. Not, is it top five? That right. He's in? he's in that one scene in top five. Yeah, which is hilarious. And he's pretty good. In, yeah, yeah, and he's good in that. Um, and then he's in. Oh, he's something something else. I saw him and he wasn't bad. And I can't remember. I'm not going to pull it. I'm not going to pull it. I mean. Nothing else really comes to mind. Yeah. Well, when, when how, how about you? When Gregory said it, I was sitting here thinking, I don't remember a lot of film work he was in. I feel like he was in a version of that movie that Jackie Chan made with like the tuxedo that gave you like karate powers or am I, mm-hmm. or am I mixing him up with Jackie Chan, which is fairly easy to do in, in my defense. <laughs> that is, that is 100% not. Easy. Um, <laughs> And that 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 actually is is pretty damn sad. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at his filmography now. Oh, that's right. He's not bad in the barbershop films. That's oh what yeah, I like him in barbershop in the barbershop films. Yeah, he's, yeah. So he's not bad in that. Um, oh, you know what? He's in. He's in. He's in. Talk to me. Oh, he sure the Don is in talk movie. to me. Yeah, because he plays the other he DJ. Plays the other DJ. The Nighthawk. Yeah, that's right. And I like him, in and that. he's kind of good in yeah, that. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of good in that. He's also was in. There was another one I saw looking at his filmography that it wasn't. He's done a lot of voice work. He's been in more than a few cartoons. Okay, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was he unfortunately executive produced and starred in 2005's The Honeymooners. Oh, I never actually saw that. I meant to watch that car wreck. You know, I am a lifelong fan of the Honeymooners. Sure. And of uh, 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 Jackie Gleason. Of course. The star of the Honeymooners. And Cedric the Entertainer just didn't strike me as someone who could pull off Jackie Gleason's physical comedy. I don't even know why he tried. Well, you know what? I kind of because I do. I do think that Cedric is a good physical entertainer, but I don't know why anyone would try and mess with Jackie Gleason. Frankly, 
Like Jackie Gleason is one of those people I wouldn't even try and touch him. I mean, but it's why they do. I mean, I don't know why you would t- try to touch the honeymooners, but look, you know, there are some who will say, why would you try and mess with the odd couple? Yet the odd couple has been done 10,000 different ways. You know what I mean? Terribly, so. though. Like, I, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, certainly the television show is a different beast than the play slash movie. But, right. but no one has ever done the odd couple as well as as the television show or the film. Right, right. Those two, those two teams of men individually. Right. You know what I like You're though? Right. It's so funny we're we're here. Randomly caught the last half of Eddie Murphy's Nutty Professor the other night. Okay. That, the the first one. the first one. That is a solid film. It that is. That is a solid is. film. And if you would have asked me before it came out do you think anyone could have remade the nut because i think the nutty professor is such a great role for jerry lewis and and such mm. a role that it was difficult for me to separate it from jerry lewis both as buddy love and as you know the professor but eddie murphy did did mm-hmm. a solid job so i guess i've i think he did it, it- go ahead yeah, I think he did a solid job too. I think he did a, a a good job on that film. I think it's diminishing returns on all of the sequels. Sure, but sure. the first one, which keeps more in lockstep, a remake of the original film, is good. And I will I I will agree with you that I do think the Nutty Professor itself is a good role for Jerry Lewis, and I think that. For Eddie Murphy, it provided an opportunity for him to have maybe a little bit of meta commentary on on younger Eddie Murphy. Well, you know, what well, I, mean? I think so. that was the Nutty Professor thing with Jerry Lewis. Like, depending on who you believe, like Buddy Love was his riff on Dean Martin, or Buddy Love was his riff on himself, because Jerry mm. Lewis, the person, Jerry Lewis, the sort of creator was always an entirely different person than Jerry Lewis. The, yes. you know, the ladies. So. Right, right. Well, I believe that Jerry Lewis' interpretation was definitely a riff on Dean Martin. I don't think Jerry Lewis um, had enough, had ever done enough introspection, introspection of himself that he would, uh, be able to perform that role and say that he was kind of like riffing on himself. I don't. I don't think he had really a good self awareness of the of the person that he was. Oh, that's a very interesting. What do you think about Jerry Lewis in um, uh, what is it? The comedian with Robert De Niro, the King of Comedy. I'm sorry, the King of Comedy. What do you think about Jerry Lewis in that? See, now here's the thing. I think Jerry Lewis is good in that film, but I think Jerry Lewis is doing a slightly harder edged um, Johnny Carson in that movie. So you don't think he... Because Johnny Carson... No, I'm sorry. No, I don't ahead. think he's doing himself. Interesting. I don't think he's doing himself. I mean, I, I know a lot of people look at that and think that's close to himself, Um and and it may actually be, but I think if you ask Jerry Lewis, he's doing a harder edge Johnny Carson because Johnny Carson was someone who would turn it on in front of the cameras, but then outside of the cameras would be painfully shy, wanted to keep to himself, was very close knit about the people that he kept around him um, because of his upbringing uh, growing up in Nebraska at at his heart. He was still a nice guy but so he never came off as like a super jerk but he could definitely come off a little bit aloof jerry turning that on it on a dime a little bit comes off a little bit jerky in the king of comedy It's, it's funny that we just brought this up because i just sat down with uh a friend who hadn't watched who hadn't seen uh joker from last year right so we watched we watched Joker and I was mentioning how Joker as fine a movie as it is even though you know it has its detractors is very much uh there's a lot of it to me that is 
liberally lifted from Martin Scorsese's uh, King of Comedy. Right, right. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's he's doing himself. I think he's doing a harder edge. Uh, Johnny Carson. Now that being said, I think he's doing it brilliantly. I think he's great in that. Oh movie. no, no, no I doubt. That. Yeah, that's, that's not even. Movie. Yeah, that's not even enough for debate if if he's great. But yeah, I was. That's just that's really interesting. Which you said that you don't think Lewis ever had that type of introspection like that. Now, two things. First, I always thought that Eddie Murphy's sort of critique of himself. Mm-hmm. There was more of that in Bowfinger than in yeah. than in um the nutty, the nutty professor. professor. And then the other thing, yeah, I can agree. Speaking of these sort of these sort of um exploration of comedians and mm-hmm. and and you know this kind of serious look at comedians. Me and my boys were talking last week about how confused we were that people don't talk about Mister Saturday Night. With Billy Crystal. Uh, about the movie? About the movie. Because I think Mr. Saturday Night is absolutely brilliant. And no one, like, no one talks about it. Yeah, it it, uh, it didn't get a good write-up when it came it, out. It, I, I think a lot of people took it as, like, a vanity project for Billy I Crystal. I know, I know, but I think it, like every time, you know, I watch it like every couple of years and I always feel like there was some kind of Hollywood insider stuff that kept it from being what I always thought it should have been. Apparently it was nominated again. I just had this conversation like a week ago. Apparently it got nominated for mm-hmm. best picture, which I had forgotten all about. Really? Dude, when's the last time you watched it? It's probably been since a year after it came Dude, out. Dude, Mr. Saturday Night. Really? The raging bull of comedian movies. And we're taping. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're whoa, taping. Whoa. So Mr. Saturday Night is better than The King of Comedy? It is just as good. Oh, Vince. Okay. Vince. Uh, look, we are on record. We are live. We are taping. I said what I said. Mr. Saturday Night is Billy Crystal. Comedy. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I promised my friend we'd watch the the King of Comedy this week, so maybe we might have to do a twofer. And I'm gonna and say this: King of Comedy. The only reason I'm not being real slick in the mouth and saying that Mr. Saturday Night is better than the King of Comedy is because I haven't seen the King of Comedy in probably ten years. Okay. Yeah. I just watched the King of Comedy last year, uh, but I, but I, but I'm I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go check out Mr. Saturday Night Billy Crystal. I'm a Billy Crystal fan, sure, so it, sure. It, it, and 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 I remember watching the film, and I remember not thinking that it was bad. I, maybe I I seem to think that I thought it was a little long, um, but I'll check it out. And and I'll and why? Yes, you are listening to the Michelle Mission, where we review black films and. But sometimes we start <laughs> talking about Borscht Belt comedians. <laughs> Look, that's just how we get down. <laughs> that's what we that's do. What we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, that's why people want to be our friends. Back. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> um, getting back on brand. <laughs> Vince. And the portions Netflix. are so small. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite Borscht Belt joke. <laughs> Netflix has uh, revealed, and they've given people a first a first look at Spike Lee's new movie that's going to be hitting Netflix in June. Yeah, The Five Bloods. Yes, sir. This uh, this film is Spike Lee's story. Of four African American Vietnam veterans who returned to the former war zone to track down the remains of their fallen leader, along with a treasure that they buried near his body. Uh, the film stars uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Delroy Lindo, Norm Lewis, Clark Peters, and Jonathan Majors. Um, 
Also, Chadwick Boseman is has a short role in the uh, small role in the film that is set to debut on Netflix June twelfth. Have you taken a look at this, Vince? Dude, just just the cast. Like, I don't even have to like this. I don't know the last time I've seen a black cast this good. Yeah. How about that? That cast man? is amazing. I didn't even know all these people were in it. Oh, you didn't? You know, it's funny because you, the, the, the advertising, at least what I've seen, has just been Chadwick Boseman is in the Spike Lee movie. Mm-hmm. Like, then I saw the trailer and I was like, damn. It's like right? they kidnapped an August Wilson cast. <laughs> that's true that's true so, yeah. um this movie i mean a matter think about it to me to have a movie that has uh three extremely underappreciated actors in it clark peters mm. who I, I i don't know um I'm sure he's been acting on stage and in television for a while. I know he was on HBO's Treme. Uh, uh, I mean, but that's a, more than a few years ago. And he is getting renewed uh, appreciation with uh, a lot of people being staying at home. They're rediscovering the wire. Sure, absolutely. Um, and then you've got uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as well. Another actor who I don't think gets the, the accolades that he deserves, you know, uh, and Delroy Lindo, who to me is the actor's actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, like, I mean, just the three of them alone. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I know. I know. And then Jonathan Peters, who's one of our new favorite actors. Yes. You, you know, from, yes. you know, we talked about the last black man in San Francisco and and he's you know he's going to be in um Lovecraft Country which we just talked about yep. a few weeks ago and then I didn't know he was in this yeah so i mean this movie it's it's it i would be interested to um i'm interested to see what Spike Lee does with this yeah me you know? too uh he's been doing some very interesting work for the last few years. Uh, and I think having the, it just maybe probably begrudgingly embracing the avenue that something like Netflix can pro- provide for him, I hope has kind of like reinvigorated and recharged his batteries. Yeah. You know, yeah, hopefully. Uh, Looking forward so to that is, a great deal. Be, yeah. This is going to be some good stuff, man. I can't wait. June 12th. Really looking forward to that. Uh, the Five Bloods. I like the title, too. Yeah. The Five Bloods. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that looks really good. Cool. Another thing that's, uh, you know, sticking in the world is Netflix real quick. Because right now, it, according to Netflix, it's the number one movie on Netflix. Terry Crews <laughs> is John Henry. Look, look. <laughs> I've I've not watched it yet, but that's that's the word on the streets. <laughs> that is the number one film on Netflix. Terry Crews is starring in this the the number one movie on Netflix as of last Wednesday. This film, which is the debut from writer director Will Forbes, kind of gives a su- South California uh, twist to the historic story of the incredible African-American man, John Henry of folklore, uh, known from the 1800s, um, seen with his mighty hammer as he uh, banged in railroad spikes all across the country. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is what he did. That is the folktale of John Henry. That is the folktale of John Henry and Terry Crews is bringing it to life on Netflix. I haven't had a chance to check this out either, but I'm interested in, in looking at it. And I'm I'm happy to see that it's number it's number one. in the. I was about to say on, uh, congratulations to all involved. You got to celebrate, you know, speaking about, you know, Spike Lee now embracing Netflix, speaking about this film, having his debut on Netflix. So we spoke about um, 
a few weeks ago about Uncorked, which showed up on Netflix. And one of the biggest events of Netflix in uh, uh, this year has been uh, When They See Us. Right. Um, there also was the uh, uh, Octavia Spencer movie about um, self-made. Yeah, self-made. Wasn't that yeah. also? Yeah, so, um, you know, you, you, you got to say that Netflix, whoever is involved in Netflix and getting behind, you know, African American or people of color um, productions, they are really going at it. They're putting their money where their mouth is because a lot of these productions are have a, re- a very nice budget and it's available on the screen. You've got actors coming from the world of television and movies to do work on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I got to say, Netflix is knocking that out the park right love now. It. They, they, they are winning in my household. Yeah. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah, love it. Love it. You, you love to see it. You, you love to see all of the products. You love to see all of the people putting their work out. So absolutely. Most definitely. All right. All right. Well, Vince, <laughs> we spared them as long as we could. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to... Meet the ministers of revenge, the warriors of vengeance, the high priest of death. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Lynn, you don't sound enthusiastic. No, I'm not, Vince. Um, I'm not. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to move. 2019. The nuclear holocaust is over. <laughs> and I do mean we're making a movement here. Oh, as... that's beneath you. Doo-doo jokes yeah, are beneath you. But it's not you. beneath this movie. <laughs> it's not beneath this movie. Uh, as we move <laughs> into our review of 1983's The New Barbarians. The New Barbarians. Yeah, come up with a song for this one. It's a Italy after <laughs> the nuclear holocaust. We are in the cars uh, going on the roads. <laughs> Look at the people who need to die with the ray of guns. Uh, Pew, 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 pew. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. At the beginning of the 21st century, the nuclear holocaust had come to pass and civilization vanished. It was a time of chaos and violence until one day there appeared the new barbarians. Directed by Enzo Castellari and starring Giancarlo Prete and George Eastman. Nothing about that sounds like a black film, does it, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, 
But wait, Fred Williamson is also a star in this film. That's right. Along with Timothy Brent and Anna Kanakis. This movie, which purports to take place in the year 2019. 2019. After a nuclear war has reduced humanity to a few starving groups, a ruthless gang, the Templars, (laughs) constantly raid settlers in an attempt to exterminate everyone in order to purge the earth. And yet a former Templar, Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. Along along with his allies, prevents a small band of religious colonists from being massacred by the Templars. (laughs) This... Mother May I edition of the Michelle Mission is brought to you by Vincent Williams. Vince, what do you have to say of the new barbarian? Where to start? Where to start? First, for those of you who really like the purity of the mission, let me apologize because this is not a black film. Fred Williamson is in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Real quick. Real yes. quick. Circle, circle gets the square because I told someone, I guarantee Vince is going to start his review <laughs> with an apology. With an apology. <laughs> you know? See, that's good rhetoric right there. Somebody's angry at you. You just, hey, first of all, I'm sorry. like you start with that and then you kind of build from there okay Fred Williamson this this movie I think is an hour and 40 minutes Fred Williamson is not seen for a half hour (laughs) Fred Williamson does not speak for 40 minutes so it is very difficult <laughs> to like link this <laughs> to like the work of Julie Dash and and Spike Lee and Oscar Micheaux and you know. <laughs> Having said that, there is a bit of history with this movie. I think. Um, oh, there's history. Yeah. No, I mean you, you know. For our younger listeners. Okay. Okay. There was a film called Road Warrior that came out. Mm-hmm. And, and Road Warrior was the sequel to a film called Mad Max. And Mad Max was, uh, you know, what, what, what would you say, Lynn? Would we call Mad Max a modest success? Yes. Oh, you yeah, know, modest definitely, success. Definitely. But then Road Warrior. A cult film. A cult film. But then Road Warrior was an actual hit. And and mm-hmm. and this introduced Mel Gibson to the world, and it was post-apocalyptic, and it really kind of cast this long shadow when we talked about science fiction. And after Road Warrior came out, there were dozens upon dozens upon dozens of very low-budget post-apocalyptic films that were churned out straight right. to video. Uh, Some of them were in the movies for maybe 10 minutes, but this was Mm -hmm. a whole genre. And we've talked about uh, film companies like Canon previously, and they just did all this stuff. And and, and I have to say, Lynn, surprising no one that has known me for longer than 10 minutes. I love these movies. I (laughs) I absolutely loved these low budget movies, these low budget movies. Um, post-apocalyptic films and I don't know if I saw this film or not but this looks like something that I would have eaten up when I was 13 mm. 14 years old that was on at like 1 o'clock in the morning and this is you, you know as as Lynn, like Lynn said the plot and as much as it is but it, it I mean it's not really a plot this was an excuse for these people to kind of dress up in outfits and they kind of put some steel on some cars and, you know, they rented two dirt bikes and everyone just sort of drives around in circles 
for an hour and 40 minutes. And, and, but that's, but that's, that's the formula. Like you go out in Mm. the, in the desert, you go out and and you drive around in circles and you have these cars and you know, some guy has a Mohawk. (laughs) Of course. There are a few things that I do think make this film stand out. And and a couple of those things do have to do with Fred Williamson. As we said, Fred Williamson is the reason that we talked about this movie. A little bit about Fred Williamson we mentioned last week, but now that we're in the review proper, Fred Williamson, who um by the by the 80s had made his bones as a black exploitation star all throughout the 70s, moved right. actually moved to Italy actually moved to Italy in the late 70s, stayed there for about 10 years and, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know, started a film company, but also made some films. And this is one of the films that he appears in. And if you, you know, I joked about apologizing, saying that this isn't a black film, but you wouldn't know that looking at the poster because that's he true. is featured very prominently on the poster. He is very much the biggest star in this film. And I think that that is important for a couple of reasons. Um, one that I'll talk about in a moment. I think there are two things that I found kind of noteworthy about this movie before I get to Fred Williamson proper. First and foremost, Lynn, the soundtrack is banging. The music is fantastic. That what that eighty synth, Claudio S- oh S- uh, Simonetti, who's the composer, he actually has done a lot of work, including um, you know, I'm not a horror guy, but you did you watch what right. is it, Suspira, the Italian classic Ooh. film Suspira? I might be pronouncing it wrong. Ooh. It's like S U S P I R A. Suspiri. Superior. Su- uh, superior. Like he was the um composer for that. And he was a working composer. And I love the music on in this in this. Like I said, it that kind of the music in this movie. The movie the music in this movie. That kind of post-disco, pre-electronica, <laughs> very synthy. Oh, I love the music. I absolutely love Oh my god. Are you serious? I am 100% serious that I love the music in this film. I love the score. I thought it was fantastic. The second thing that let me know this was an Italian movie. So very low budget, which means that I think they probably went to, I don't know, secondhand shops or, or, you you know, they, they kind of reuse some costumes from other movies. Mm -hmm. Lynn, some of the clothes were fantastic. Did you see the scarves oh, that some of these dudes had on? The scar- the scarves. There were a couple of dudes with some really nice scarves. There were at least two dudes with jackets that I said, those are nice jackets. That I said, well, it's Italian. Scorpion's pants? Did you look at Scorpion's pants? I do. But you, please, you you are joking. I am. You dead are really joking serious. right now. Scorp, you are joking. Scorpion's outfit fit him like a tailor had cut it for him. I am dead serious. As someone who has watched a million of these movies, the costume stood out for me. Yes, they absolutely did. Um, oh my god. Fred Williamson, the two things that let you know this was Fred Williamson. First, he has a love interest. He kind of plays a sidekick, but he gets a love interest. And I said, yeah, part of Fred Williams, Fred Williams said, you're going to have me in here. I'm going to have a love interest. Mm. The second thing, there's a very confusing rape scene in this film. I was wondering if we were going to get to that. Where I am 100% sure that the first draft of this script, that was supposed to happen to Fred Williamson. And he said, yeah, I'm not doing that. When's the last time you saw a film where the male protagonist got raped? <laughs> uh, actually, just last week, because I, I rewatched Deliverance. But I'm sorry. <laughs> the action hero. <laughs> I, s- 
said, is this, this almost, and I said, well, that just happened. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. Um, and it was very, very disturbing. <laughs> what had happened? But Lynn, especially when he couldn't walk afterwards. <laughs> Lynn, is this or is this not Mother May I? This is indeed Mother May I. Well, Mother, this is indeed Mother, you may. <laughs> Look, Vince. Um, I apologized. No, 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 no. That ain't enough, bro. You owe me an hour and forty minutes from this. Fred Williamson does not show up for a half hour in this movie. Wait, Lynn. And you know how you know it's about to be him? Because they start playing the funky music. Of course, of course. Because now all of a sudden we got to. Yes, yes we got to put a beat. That's right. <laughs> In some of the worst music. I don't know what you are smoking. I liked it. That you think this music is banging. I liked it. This music, Vince, Vince, there, there, this music is horrible. There is nothing, nothing redeeming about this film at all. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't even think the Italians are claiming this movie anymore. <laughs> These people show up. They've got this plastic wear on. They and it looks like it, it and they've got these weird helmets on and then it looks like they they're wearing the helmets on their shoulders underneath their clothes as well. There there's there's a scene where a guy on a motorcycle like he pulls the pin on a grenade and then he guns his motorcycle and jumps into the air two hands on the handlebars right so what's he going to do with the grenade oh well he can't take his hands off the handlebar so cut to a scene of just the grenade dropping to the ground <laughs> hey, hey hey it's the I'm future like, you- that's how it go down in the future then there's a man who was running from a car <laughs> that has a whirling propeller on the side of it. Just like speed racers. And, and as the man trips, as everyone does in this movie, everyone trips. Oh, I mean, they literally trip over, I guess, the film stock. I don't know. <laughs> they trip. And then... Only to conveniently sit up just in the perfect position so that the whirling propeller can decapitate his head. Wait, that's a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, the the Sears and Robot mannequin that <laughs> head gets chopped off and then falls in, in front of the camera is a bad thing. There are people who are getting shot. There, there are laser guns that that are arbitrarily have different levels of destructive force because a laser gun will hit someone and then just knock them off of their motorcycle, but then the laser gun will hit another person and explode them from the inside out. Hey, hey, it's different settings. It's different settings on the gun. It's not different it's settings. Different settings. It's the same. It's the same gun it's, shoot. It's the future. You don't know how the future works. <laughs> it's 2019. 2019. It's actually the past. <laughs> it's actually the past. It's not the future. It's the past. The nuclear holocaust is over. <laughs> First of all, the movie comes on. When it comes on, I'm thinking, oh, is, is this the new Barbarians or the pilot to Ultraman? I don't know what's happening. Because there's this, it, it, it literally looked like one of your 1970s Japanese 
shows with this this crazy, <laughs> stupid, like, Lego building set <laughs> with flashing <laughs> light bulbs behind Man, it. That was the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> it took me a second. I said, wait, is that the nuclear holocaust happening? <laughs> and then it was over. You know how I know it was over? Because it said, 2019, the nuclear <laughs> holocaust is over. I was like, well, that's... <laughs> They let us know it was over. <laughs> man, look, man, this this was such a waste of time, Vince. Oh my god, on, this man. was such a waste. Fred of- Williamson had arrows that blew dudes' heads up. Fred Williamson, <laughs> he was doing bows and arrows that blew up stuff, like the Duke boys. Remember the Dukes of Hazard used to put explosives on the end of their arrows? Yes. What was that about? How come no one had any questions about that? They were both felons. You know, it makes sense that the Dukes of Hazard would put explosives on the end of their arrows because if there was anyone who would find inspiration <laughs> from the new barbarians, it would be Bo and Duke Luke. So, Bo and Luke Duke. Who who know? How could you make me watch this movie, Vince? Look, man. I mean, I would. I can't. It's Mother May I? I don't even. Is it Mother May I? I'm not even going to go into the v- bizarre sex scene that happens in this plastic tent. It was a bouncy house. They had sex in a bouncy house. Because it's the future. It was. It looked like a bouncy Because it's the future. <laughs> it, yes. It's the future where everybody dressed in plastic, plastic clothes, plastic, plastic jackets, plastic pants, except the women. <laughs> All the women wear thongs. <laughs> that was terrible. Leather thongs. That was terrible that none of the women were allowed to wear pants. They're not allowed to wear pants. And then the one black woman in the film expressly says I'm here to do whatever you need me to do but then it was some type of weird future sex she had to do because remember she was laying in the bed and she said the 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 nino monitor needs to warm up and and reach yeah. the nth I said future sex is confusing <laughs> But Fred Williamson had no problem. Fred Williamson with it. had no problem figuring out future sex or his headband. I'll figure. I'll figure this out. He also had a head. With, <laughs> Come on, Lynch. what is with it in his got, his Olivia Newton John headband? You got to get to the spirit of the thing and his mustache that had been spreading since 1973. <laughs> Vince, I want to get into the spirit of things. I do. I do. And I know. And I hear you on everyone riffing on the cult classic that was uh mad max and everyone wants to this is now it's their own version of the futures and god bless the italians and and you know (laughs) i don't know what they're doing over there with their movies but you know they wanted their own version of it so 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 god bless them you know what i mean that could be on the blu-ray from linwood god bless the italians i don't know what they're doing with their movies over there I'm just saying, man, this thing, this thing was, I mean, I'm not going, I am, like you said, there's no story to go deep into, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, because there's nothing to the story, except that the rape scene that Vince is talking about of the act, the, the, the lead Scorpio. Yes. It comes about three-fourths of the way into the movie. You should be ramping up to the end. Oh, but no. Wait for this message from Trojan. And why? Like, where did it come from? Like, at no point were the stakes this high. Like, everybody's driving around in a circle. It's people that, you know, they've got shoulder patches and, 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 like, mohawks and... And it's like some dune buggies. And it's actually, dare I say, kind of light and fun. It's like, okay, it's 
you know, the guy's pontificating and, you, you know, again, he refers to them as the ministers of revenge. I was like, well, that probably looks good. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, there's rape. <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to drop this in the middle of this movie? Well, I wonder because I wonder, okay, let me put on my, my actual movie hat. Okay, all right. Is this set up earlier in the film? Robert Monroe is digging your fishbone shirt, Vince. Just Party at Ground Zero, Zero baby. Party at Ground Zero. Is the whole idea set up earlier in the film by the character one, who's the one that he's the lead template? Yes. He's the one pontificating, right? Probably why they call and him we, one. We, right. <laughs> and we learn earlier in the film that Scorpion was used to be a Templar. Who, um, but he's now going on to the the side of righteousness, righteousness, and I think it's because Templars don't wear lambskin. No, the, the, no. uh, Scorpion has a full length lamb uh, lambskin uh, sheepskin coat. That now that piece of I fashion, was about to I'll say, give you that coat was hot. That's what I'm talking about. I, it's like three or four dudes in there that have on these coats, and it's like. Okay, that's kind of hot a little bit. So, so that was that was fly. That was fly. I'll give you. I'll give you that. But one kind of it, it. You let on earlier that one uh, had a previous run in with Scorpion. I'm assuming when Scorpion chose to lead lead the the order of the Templars. Yes, yes. And as one does. in that run in, Scorpion proved to be the better of the two. Who he was the tougher. Of the two, the better fighter between him and one. And it appears that one, who for most of the movie, like you said, is just seen pontificating and seen with a snarl on his face and a raised eyebrow, has been just fiending and and, and waiting for an opportunity to get the better of Scorpion. And when his men finally are able to corral Scorpion and bring him into his clutches, he now has to take out all of his fury, all of his embarrassment that he felt in front of his men. And he wants to, in his mind, inflict that same embarrassment, that same humiliation onto Scorpion. And there is no other way to do that than to trust up Scorpion, to have his, his arms pulled to his side, and then to forcibly make Scorpion bend over put his hand his head in between his knees as one rips down his pants and then to the psychedelic faux disco that only Italian movies can produce one enters into Scorpion yeah but like you just said they had this really elaborate apparatus set up as if and and then like the people stood around like this was a ritualized thing that happened but up until this point there's no again like like this is not that film like this is not i don't know this is not that i don't know there's a there's a lot of phallic imagery in this film there are guns coming out slowly (laughs) from from cars there's a there is a drill that you get a very intense close-up of yeah, in yeah. this movie. Well, after that scene, everything was like, I was I was like, you know, sometimes a cigar is a cigar. But after that scene, yeah, I was I was like, this, this, this is terrible. Including the scene you're talking about, <laughs> where slowly the drill comes out of Scorpion's <laughs> car, goes yes. into one's car, and kills him. Mm. Yes, and did you notice it went into into a seat? How did it enter? Yeah, into a, yeah, it, yeah. I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, here you go, Lynn. In the new bar- barbarians, I thought that was in poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> like bouncy house sex, you got the eight year old. With the slingshot that blows up things. Fred Williamson <laughs> has been in for 15 minutes, but that was a step too far. That was that was a step too far. Yes. Yes. 
You're right, Vince. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, are, are we finished talking about... <laughs> is there anything else that no, you wish to share no. about you? I think... Should people watch the new Barbarians, Vince? Look, I think if you I like these one. movies, this one is... These movies? Yes, these post-Road Warrior, slocky, canon, again... If it was a blockbuster, you remember you remember having a blockbuster night, Lynn. You remember having a blockbuster night. I do. You remember? I do. You, rem- yes. you remember getting a blockbuster late? Remember getting a blockbuster late? Yes. And everything was gone. Yes. And you had to. It's all well picked over. It's yes. all, and you got. You remember uh, picking things based on the art on the um cover of the box. Remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. If you remember that period with any type of fondness, then I think, um, hey, Lynn, did you see, um, because I had to pull it up because this was actually my favorite. This is the King Lear of the um, road war, post-war warrior movies. Did you ever see Maelstrom? Maelstrom, the destruction. Maelstrom. Maelstrom, the destruction of Jared Sin. No. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, what's that about? Oh, I don't know. It, a, a dude, a dude. <laughs> you know what it's about, Lynn? It's a dude in some kind of dune buggy driving around in the desert, and some stuff happened. Like Jared Sin was a sorcerer and a bad guy, and somebody had a hook for a hand, and it was some stuff happening. That's what it was about. Mm-hmm. And the dude who fought against Jared Sin had on like some type of vest. He had on like a vest. <laughs> With no shirt on, because it was the future, Mm. and they were in dune buggies. Okay, and if you like those kind of movies, I I think I think look, I I think there are worse ways to spend an hour and forty minutes. I thought it was hilarious. It's terrible, but I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Hey, hey, Lynn, you ready for this? If I had to pick, if I if I had to pick between this. In a Johnson family vacation, mm-hmm. I'd watch this. Right? Oh no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I would watch the Johnson family vacation nine to th- I'd watch it on a loop before I watch this movie again. I'd have a better time. I'd laugh more than you would. <laughs> That's not saying. I'm saying ex- exactly. Exactly. Them having sex in the bouncy house. Was, was yeah 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 Robert Monroe knows about Metal Storm you don't know nothing about Metal Storm the destruction of um Jared Sin no I don't know about this movie I won't know about this movie I won't learn about this movie I'm mad that I know about the new Barbarians uh-huh. but 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 I do and um yeah, there you go. You know, it was there like go, uh, three or four of these post-apocalyptic movies from Italy. Like, did you look up the dude? Did you look up the director? He directed like two other movies like this. Enzo Castellari. Yeah. Castel- yeah, Castellari. Excuse me, Enzo Castellari. No, I did not look up the filmography of Enzo Castellari. Um, let me- <laughs> you, Let's look up his filmography. Say, you don't, you, you don't want to follow his work? <laughs> Uh, you know, let's see. He did 1990, the Bronx, the Bronx Warriors. That's right. He did the New Barbarians. Yes. Escape, Escape from the Bronx. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and Tuareg, the Desert Warrior. Tuareg, the Desert Warrior. How do you not want to watch that? You know, I've somehow found a way not to watch that, Vince. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Escape from the Bronx. Wow. Wow. And that one okay. with 1990, yeah. I can guarantee you it's set in the future because it was the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't go see the new, bar- <laughs> new Barbarians, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Save yourself. Run away now. Run away. And New Barbarians is so bad. It is so bad. And I know that there are people out there who follow us and like to watch the films as we are watching them. <laughs> New Barbarians is so va- is so bad that 
I can't even choose the film that I wanted to choose this <laughs> oh, week. Oh, no, really? <laughs> because this is too bad. And if I subjected you to the one I was going to choose, you, you we'd lose subscribers. Did I, <laughs> did I break Mother May I? <laughs> you broke Mother May I. You did. You did. I've got a bad movie. It just quite, I, I couldn't go this low. I couldn't go that low for next week. Um, but before I tell you what that film is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I invite you to send all of your your feedback. Email us at mission at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on all the social medias at Mission. We're very easy to find. On Facebook, we have a page, The Michelle Mission, which you can like. And we have a Facebook group, The Michelle Mission, which you can join, where we have a lot of fun talking about movies with all of our fans and where we air our weekly show on streaming for their viewing pleasure. The Michelle Mission is available as a podcast any place and every place that you find podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. It doesn't matter. If you find a podcast, look up The Michelle Mission. We're there. We're also proud members of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. The Podglomerate Curated Podcast just for your listening pleasure. Where also, The Michelle Mission is a radio show that you can hear in an edited form every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM, 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Powered Media, here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Philly Cam. And you can wake up with the... Wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on 91.7 FM WKDU, the voice of Drexel University. And if you really want to help us, <clears throat> do like a whole lot of fans have been doing. Go to our website, themichellemission.com, and hit swag and buy one of our cool t-shirts, sweatshirts, um, paraphernalia. We've got tons of designs, and we've got more designs coming in the, in the next few weeks. So check it out, because every sale really helps us keep our show free for you. So we really appreciate that. All right, Vince, next week. Okay, I'm sparing you. It's a bad film. It ain't just, but it ain't that bad. I'm only going back <laughs> to the year 2000. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and this is a screwball comedy. Okay. All right. And it is was written and directed by that uh, that tour de force in the entertainment business, known as DJ Pooh. Okay. Okay. Faison Love, David Allen Greer, Nimbushe Wright, and starring Brian Hooks. Next week, we will be watching Three Strikes here huh. on the Michaud Mission. Now, now where'd this come from? Because I couldn't subject them to the film that I was going to select. I honestly, I, I'll tell you why. The film that I was going to select, in, in all good conscience, is not a black film. I, kn I already know it's not a black film. But I was going to select it because it was just such a bad film that I wanted us to review it. But no, you had to spoil it. <laughs> now, are you talking about what we talked about? The Man With Two Brains? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's, I think that's a black film. That's Rosie Greer. That's, and I think that's part of the whole plot. That the dude, like, isn't a white dude a racist? Yes. How is that not a black film? It, it, it's, it's a bad movie. It's, it, are we in May or not? We are in May. Like, you keep picking. You, you think. You keep picking. You think, okay, you Vince. Mediocre you think film. the mission you think the mis the missionaries are ready for the man with two brains? I think they are. Yeah. After the new mar barbarians? Look, man, I don't want to do one of them disposable 2000-y, you know, like post-Friday barbershop kind of, <laughs> you know, like they kind of made these movies. And I mean, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And the man with two All brains right. is definitely a black film. 
All right, Vince, you you've talked me into it. Next week, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, the man is actually the man with two heads. Two heads, right, right, right. The man with two heads, starring Rosie Greer and a <laughs> very painfully embarrassed Ray Milan. Yeah, <laughs> let's hear for peer pressure. <laughs> Hey, Lynn, when we get off, I want to tell you about heroin. <laughs> Have we talked about heroin? <laughs> Yay, peer Next pressure. Week, ladies and <laughs> Next week, ladies and gentlemen, the man with two heads here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, <laughs> he's Vince. I'm Len. <laughs> and we're sorry about the new barbarians. <laughs> That's what I started with. That's what I led with. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>